Let's keep steiging along. So today's daf is daf memdalid, okay, page 44. And we pick up from the Gemara two lines. Uh, we, we actually ended the very bottom line. We started the Gemara. We're up to the very bottom of Mem Gimel Amadez, Tanu Rabbanon. Okay, the rabbis learned and so should we. And that's where we pick up from, the very bottom line. As Rabarn walks into the Bismarck, Gvaldik, here we go, add it to the tab. All right, so, um, so okay, quick, uh, quick uh, uh, reminder of what we're holding. So we had a Mishnah that took up half of Amud Beis, half of Mem Gimel Amud Beis, and the Mishnah described the differences between the Avaida of the Kohen on Yom Kippur and the Avaida on a regular day, okay? Now, in the beginning of the Mishnah, right in the beginning of the Mishnah, if we, if we look back, okay, look back halfway up the Amud, let's read the first line of the Mishnah. Shachtai, the animal is shachted. This is referring to the par of the Kohen Gadol. The kibel b'mizrak es damai, and the Kohen Gadol does the Kabbalah Saddam. And this is going to be the focus of the whole Amad Aleph, these next words. The no snow lemi, and he hands the blood to a person, who keeps stirring the blood so it doesn't congeal. Al And this person is standing on the fourth row of the Heichel. There was different rows of marble on the floor of the Beis HaMikdash. And from the Mishnah, it seems to imply that the person was standing on the fourth row in the Shebeheichel. That's what it seems to imply. And this is where the Gemara picked up for us yesterday. The Gemara asked, Bahaksiv, we now got two lines to the bottom of the Yomad, I, but it says, um, it says, V'chol Adam and how is somebody uh, during the Avaid of the Kangolim and Kippur, no one was allowed to be in the Heichel. So how is another Kohen standing on the fourth row of the Heichel? To which the Gemara answers, Amar Rav Yehuda, Tani Shel Heichel. You're not standing on the fourth row um, um, inside the Kaidish. Rather, you were standing four rows from the Kaidish. Okay? You were really inside the Azara. It was the fourth row inside the Azara that the Kayan was. All right. So with that, with that reminder and that introduction, let's get going. That's going to take us through Ahmed Aleph. Tanrabar, the rabbis, Dern Soshui, V'chol Adam, And nobody is permitted during the Avaidah of the Kayan Gadol on Yom Kippur. No one's allowed to be in the Ayo Now keep in mind the following. When we learn Torah, when we learn Chumash, what do we think of when we think of Ayo we think of this room inside the midbar, right? In the midbar, there was an ayomayed, maishar, yeah. The word ayomayed literally means the tent of meeting. So the ayomayed really could refer to the ayomayed in the midbar. It could refer to the mishkan, refer to the Beis HaMikdash, okay? It's the house that we met HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It was the tent of meeting, all right? So the same way you weren't allowed to be in the ayomayed, you also weren't allowed to be in the Kaidash. During the uh, during the Avaida, no one else was allowed to be in the Kaida. So let's go. Yachol, I might think. Afilu Bazari, you're not allowed, even allowed to be in the Azara while the Kaingalos in the Kaida Shakadoshim. You can't be in the courtyard. It says, You only can't be in the Kaidish. Maybe it only applies to the of the desert. How do you know that it's referring to the Ayomayid, meaning in the 
the we'll call it the contextual in context it had no applies even to the Mishkan and Shilai and to the Beis Hamikdash. Talmud Leimar it says in the pasuk Bakoidesh in the holy anytime there's holy so you know no one's allowed to be there during the Avoid. I only know that you're not allowed to be in the Kodesh while the Kayin Gadol is inside the Kodesh HaKadosh and burning the Keteris. Bishas Matan Dominayin. How do you know that even during the sprinkling of the blood you're not allowed to be there? Talmud Leimar, it says, Whenever the Kayin Gadol comes in time, uh, goes inside the, the, uh, the Kodesh HaKadosh to be Mechaper. Maybe it's only referring to Bevo'o when he's going in. Maybe only when he's going while he's going in, you're not. No one else is allowed to be in the kaidish. But once he's inside, maybe we'll say it's okay. I know it applies until he goes out. Until he goes out, that his mamish has to walk out of the kaidish akadoshim before anybody else is allowed into the kaidish. Okay, keep going in these psukim, and then we're going to dwell on this. So the kain godol is mechaper for himself for. His family and for God's cloud, you saw kaparasi kademus la kaparas beisai. His kapara comes before the kapara of his family. First, he's mechaper himself. The Gemara pointed this out yesterday, right? You need to have a clean slate and be in good standing before you go and vouch for somebody else. If you have a kid who's a troublemaker, right? A kid a troublemaker, another kid gets in trouble. So the big troublemaker comes, Rabbi. Rebbe, I got this. Trust me. Yeah, trust me. Uh, you know, let the kid be. I'll, I'll, I'll take a like, Who is taking a chryis? Yeah? Really? Really? You're a chabraman. Yeah, you're, you're also a chabraman. So first the Kayan has to get his own kapara. Clean slate. Then he's mechaper for his family. Kaparasa, basically, and his family comes before. Then he has the extended family, the kaihanim. And then... Once he has a kapara for his for his uh, fellow kaihanim, then he gets a kapara for all of Klaus. Okay, fine. Azoi is the brisa. That was the Tana Rabbanon with some clarification as to where exactly and at what times exactly nobody is permitted to be in the kaidish while the kaim's doing his avoidant kippur. Okay, so here we go. One of the things we said in the Brisa is, Amar Mar, all right, the Tana taught us, I would have thought, I would have thought that you're only not allowed to be in the Kaidish when the Kain Gadol is doing the actual Avaida of the Ketiris. That's what we said in the Brisa. Ask the Gemara why. If you look back at the Brisa, the Brisa said like this. How do you know that you weren't allowed to be in the oil Mayed of the regular Mishkan and the Beis Hamikdash? Maybe it only meant in the Midbar. Umara said, "What was the end? What did the Brisa answer? Bakaidesh. Yeah, anytime it's considered Kaidesh, no one else is allowed to be there." Oh, uh, says Gemara. Well, if it, I would have thought it's only during the Kataris. Well, ask the Gemara now. Why? Why? <laughs> Just back up a second. Why would I have thought they're only not allowed to be there during the Kataris? That's not the only part of the Avaida. Okay. So here we go. My mashma. How is it mashma anywhere that 
that uh, anything to do strictly with the Qatari. Some of Rav says to explain Vechein Amar Rav Yitzhak Dimi. And some of Rav Yitzhak Dimi says Vechein Amar Rav Elazar. And Rav Elazar agrees. Amar Krosh Tetin Pasuk. Says in the Pasuk Vechei Barbadai Bad Beisai Bad Kol Gal Yisrael. You should don't for yourself, for his family, for Gans Klal Yisrael. Ezuka Barsha Vela Beisai Vechol Ganim Vechol Gal Yisrael. What is considered a Kapara? That applies to everybody, starting with the Kayan. Have I Mrazak Kataris Kataris? Yeah? That is the Kataris. Okay? Now. Now, ready for this? I we're going to ask, maybe the sprinkling of the blood is also an atonement. Rashi here explains, no. Because the sprinkling of the blood, oh, you, remember there's different animals to be mechaper for the Kayan, for the Kayan's family, for God's Kaiso, which means there's different bloods. The Gemara says, where do you have one avayda? One single avayda that's mechaper for everybody, that's the Qataris. The Gatiris was done three, remember on Yom Kippur, the Gatiris was done three times. Twice for the, with the standard Karbanat Tamid, like it was always done. Then there was one special time for Yom Kippur. Okay? So there was one Gatiris done for everybody. As opposed to the blood sprinklings, there were different blood, blood sprinklings done for different categories of people. So which Kaparas for everybody? That's the Gatiris. Says the, says the Gemara, one second. Really? Gatiris is Machaper? The Gatiris atones? Kataris mechaperis? Show me. Gemara says, hello? Yeah? In? The Hatani Rab Khananya. Rabbi Khananya taught us la manu the Kataris Kaparis and Amar. We know the Kataris is Mechaper as it says, Vayite Nasakataris Vayakaper Alom. This is so fascinating. How do we know the Kataris is Mechaper from the story of Kairach? When Kairach and his followers were killed, and then there was a plague, so Aaron Akayan went ahead and he burnt the Kataris, and then he took it and he placed it amongst the people. And that's what stopped the plague. Vitana de Rabbi Shmuel, We know that Kataris is Machaper for Lashon Hara. Yavoy Dabar Let something that's done quietly. Come, the Kataris didn't make any noise when it was burnt. Hiss. It's a little hissing sound. Let a quiet thing come, the Achaper al and atone for actions that are quiet. Unfortunately, we have to say this. Years ago, people were embarrassed to speak Lashon Hara. And when they would do that, would be still ahead. Yeah, but I'm not going to, don't tell anybody. No, 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 no. That's the way it used to be when I was a kid. Yeah? Something happened. Something happened to our society where now it's like the more public you can make it Lashon Hara, the more followers you're going to get and the better off you are. All right. Unfortunately, that's the, that's what the world's become. But you see from over here that, that you know, Lamaisa, uh, something that's quiet, Lashon Hara is, is meant to Lashnar uh, is meant to be kept quiet. Now, I, you, we have another very interesting idea here. And if the whole source that the Kataris is Machaper is from Aaron and the plague and Kairach, was the cause of Kairach and that Machlokas, was that Lashnar? Was the problem Lashnar? Very interesting. It seems from the Gemara, yeah. It seems to the Gemara, the way that the whole Machlaikas was able to play itself out was because of Lashon Hara. 
They were just, what's Lashon Hara? To be negative about each other. The Rambam writes that the main problem of Lashon Hara is not that somebody feels bad or somebody was spoken Lashon Hara about. What if the guy was deaf and doesn't know anything? Right? It says, it says Beferish in the Torah. You're not allowed to say harmful words to a, um, to a deaf mute. I, why not? The guy can't hear you. He doesn't understand. Doesn't. Teretz is. Because it's not the issue of, of Lashon Hara is not that the person's going to feel bad. That's an additional problem. The issue is that me as a Yid, I'm too chashuv to be doing this. Why am I focusing on negativity? Why am I focusing on, on, on the negative in a person? That, it's, it's me that's the problem. It's not that the person got hurt that's the problem. I'm, we're, we're too big for this. We're, we're too big. And therefore, the way that the whole Machlaikas with Karach was able to play itself, because they weren't Machshiv. They were Karach was a Machshiv of Mashiach and it was about it. It wasn't Machshiv what the Torah was. It wasn't Machshiv what the Kodesh Baruch was. It wasn't Machshiv what the Aaron. And, and ultimately, it presented itself in a way of Lashon Har. It's a fascinating Upmach. Uh, uh, the way that the, the Gemara, you know, just cuts to the chase of what the ultimate, uh, what the ultimate issue that caused this whole Machlaikas was. Okay. Here we go. We learned in a Mishnah elsewhere. People need to be away from the between the Ulam and the Mizbayach at the time the Keteris was being burnt. So we learned previously, okay, we're adding on areas now. We learned previously you're not allowed to be in the Kaidish at the time that the Kayan Gadol is in the Kaidish Hakadashim burning the Keteris, right? We learned in another Mishnah. That you're not allowed to be bein ha'ulam v'la mizbeach, okay? Which is right outside the kaddish, right outside the hechel. All right. Amr Abelaz Abelaz says leishon rela b'shasak tarah the hechel. This is only talking about the only time you're not allowed to be there is by the shasak tarah of the hechel. Okay, the the one that was not not the special yom kippur one, the general one that was done in the kaddish. Avol b'shasak tarah delafnei belafnim, but by the kaddish that was being burnt in the kaddish hakadoshim, then it was okay. Because it was an additional step away from the Kedesh HaKadoshim, and therefore you were allowed to be there. Masav Ravada Barava, Ravada Barava asked a challenging kasha of Amri Lokidi, and some say it was Kedi. Now, what, who's Kedi? Kedi generally in, in, in uh, Gemara terms, it just means anonymous. Okay? It means it's another time. Rabbi Yisiyam Rabbi says, "Kashem shaparshim beisa ulam lamas beach v'shasik The same way you got to be out between lamas beach at the time of the regular burning of the of the ketiras. Kach parshim v'shas matan parkayim mashiach upar helam davar shal tzibur useire avaydas kachov. Also, no one is allowed to be in that area. You need to be separated away from that area at the time of the sprinkling of the blood of the kain gadol for the par helam davar shal tzibur." And the seire avodas kachavim, the the coat, the the goats that were there to be mechaper for the avera of avodas zara. Ha ma myla, ha ma myla yeshba, ha ma myla yesh. So ask the Gemara, but what is the myla? What is the the uh, added halacha here? Bein ha'ichal bein ulam lamizbeach to say there's an afkamina. Between being in the hechel and being between the ulam namazbeach, I'll tell you the difference. You're never allowed to be in, okay? Not uh, even whether it was the kateris was the middle of burning or not. However, 
but as far as the next area away from the Kedusha Kedushim, when you left the um, when you're now between the Ulam and Lamazbeach, ain't partial b'shasak Torah. The only time you need to be away from there is during the Ketiras, but during any sort of blood sprinklings, you're allowed to remain. Now, b'shasak Torah, me aparshi. It says b'shasak Torah, you're not allowed to be there. That's a kasha. My love b'shasak Torah, b'lufanai b'lufanim. We're assuming it means the special burning of Yom Kippur, and we see that not only are you not allowed to be in the Hechol, you're even not allowed to be Bein Ulam Lamas Beach. Answers the Gemara, Loi, B'Shasak Torah, the Hechol. We're dealing with Shasak Torah of the Hechol, the regular, um, the regular Ketiris. All right? We're not dealing with the special uh, Ketiris of Yom Kippur. I frak the Gemara. We're now seven lines from the bottom of Mem Dalit Amud Aleph, right at the beginning of the line. Frak the Gemara Ihochi. If so, Hama Maila. But what? Uh, why? Why do we say what is the stringency? Yeah, why do you say oh the Sulai? <laughs> That's not the stringency. There's many other issues. Ha'ika Hamaila. Yeah, the Ilu Mehechal. I'll tell you a Chumra. The Ilu The Ilu Mehechal. Because when it comes to being inside the Heichal, the Kaidesh, Parshi, Beim Mishasak Dardi, Dei Beim Mishasak Dardi, Lufanai, Lufanai, you're not allowed to be there by any Ketairis. Whether, uh, whether it's the standard Ketairis or the Ketairis in the Kaidesh HaKadoshim, Vilu Beinu Ulam Hazbeach, Babatim Nulam Lam Hazbeach, Loi Parashel Mishasak Tara De Heichal. So we find that even without adding anything in, just looking at the Ketairis itself, we find a Chumrah one over the other. Gemara says, you're right. You're right. So that can't be the Nafkamina because it's, the, the answer is going to be too easy and then we give the wrong answer. Gemara says, Hakatani, you know what it's coming to teach us? It's coming to teach us the following halacha. Ela shebeheichol parshem bein b'sha'asaktara u'bein shaloi b'sha'asaktara. Here's the chum. In the heichol, no one's allowed to be there during the burning of the Ketaris and even not during the time that the Ketaris is actually being burned. But the area standing between Ulam and Mizbeach, then we turn to the top of Amud Beis, Ein Parshin Ela Bishas Haktara. The only time you you need to be away from there is during the Shas Haktara. Okay. So what are we what are we changing it to now? What we're changing it to now is Einachanami. The Chumrah that we're mentioning to make show a discrepancy between the areas is. That the the chumrah is going to be from Ketiris itself. You don't need to say, oh, you find a chumrah uh, uh, as far as where you're allowed to be at the time of the sprinkling. No, in a chanami, you find a chumrah even from within the Misa Ketiris. Okay, beautiful. So says the Gemara like this. What we're coming out with. Let's just let's let's talk for a moment. Let's get our, our heads around where we're holding. Okay, because we're about to finish the sugya. Says the Gemara, we had asked the question because we said, oh, you're mentioning that there's a Maila, there's a Chumrah because the, uh, of where you're allowed to be at the time of the blood avayda, of sprinkling of the blood. For one second, the Gemara said that even, um, even if, if you stick within Hilchus Ketiris and don't even mention the blood, we're going to find a Chumrah of the uh, of the different uh, the chumrah of being in the heichal as opposed to being ben ululam is in that if you're between the heichal you're never allowed to be there whether it's during the kateris burning or not the kateris burning and between ululam is you're only not allowed to be there at the time the kateris burning but you're allowed to be there when kateris isn't burning so you find the chumrah of the heichal even without touching touching on the blood however we're still agreeing 
that the sprinkling of the blood was an, an additional chumrah. What was bothering us is why are we mentioning the sprinkling of the blood as the only chumrah when you could just stick with kataris and already find the chumrah. But we're agreeing that there's multiple chumras. Okay? We're agreeing with that. So now, says the Gemara, okay, but we also find a maila, which means a chumrah, okay? And a, a, the word maila means to go up. We're going up in additional halachos, okay? When it comes to the being in the hechel, Parshi beim bekedusha di day, beim bekedusha de lefay velefen. No one's allowed to be there. You're not allowed to be there whether the kain gadol was doing his own personal avodah or whether it was an avodah milefay velefen, okay? Which was on behalf of all the klal yisrael. The ilu bein ulam lamizbeach, but as far as being between ulam lamizbeach, why parshi alav kedusha behechel? You only are not allowed to be there if there's kedusha of the kaidesh. But you were allowed to be there when the, the Kayan was inside the Kaidash HaKadoshim. So why don't we mention this? Why don't we mention this as additional Chumrah of Heichel? Okay? Mention this as well. That by the Heichel, but when the Kayan Gadol is inside the Kaidash HaKadoshim, you, you have to be out of the Heichel, but you can still could be in the other area. Why not mention this? Amar Rabba says, Shame Prisha Achasi. Yeah, it is mentioned. Okay? It is mentioned. Meaning it's all part of what the Kayan Gadol was doing inside the Kedush HaKadoshim. And once we mentioned the Chumrah of the sprinkling of the animals, this is included. Period. Um, that is um, the, uh, the end of that particular discussion of the location. And again, why did we get onto that? Because the Mishnah was, was you know, far from us to say it was written incorrectly. But the way it was written was quite confusing. Because again, right now we're on Memdalad Amad Aleph. But if we look back to the second line of the Mishra, um, right now we're on Memdalad Amad Beis. If we look back to the Mishra, on Mem Gimel Amad Beis, what did it say? It said the Kayin Gadol would shech the animal, catch the blood, and give it to somebody who was standing on the Ravid Ravi'i Shebehecho. What was bothering the Gemara is no one's allowed to be in the Hecho. So we had to say, you're right, he's not in the Hecho, he's four rows out of the Hecho. Right? That ultimately was the answer. But since we got onto that as the answer, so then we got onto this whole sugya, this whole topic of when, where, and how a, uh, was a person allowed to be depending on where the actual avayda was being done. Okay. Omar Mar. The Tana taught us. Five lines from the top of Memdal Ramadus. We also are Pirish. We also separate ourselves. Okay? Meaning no one's allowed to be standing there. At the time that the Par Koyin HaMashiach and the Par Helem Dovor Shaltibor No one was allowed to be in that area. Menola. Why not? Why not? Amar of Pedas, Rav Pedas says, Asya Kapara Kapara, Miyam Kippurim. We learn out Kapara Kapara from Yom Kippur. When it says Kapara from the Avaida of the par of the Kayan himself, and the Kayhanim, and Gans Klal Yisrael, and over there use the word Kapara, so we make Xerashava, that the same way by the first Kapara, no one was allowed to be inside the Hechel, so too by the par, Helam Dovar, Shaltibor, and Siri Avaidis Kechavim, and the par, Kayan Mashiach, 
Also, since that was a kapara, no one was allowed to be in that area. Amar Ravada Bar Ava, Ravada Bar Ava says, Shmami no, we learn from here, Mylois Doirais, that these chumras that were expressing, that existed between the Hechel and the Ulam Vlam Beach, right, these chumras, that you're not allowed to be there, you see from here, from making Zera Shabbos, it's also Midarais. Okay? It's also Midarais. He's talking about the Rabbanim, because if you're going to say that um, the because if you're going to tell me that the whole thing is why is the Ulam Lamazbeach going to be any different? Maybe the Chachamim just made a Gzeira, we're concerned, you can't get too close to the Heichal, maybe that's why you can't get the Ulam we don't want you to get too close, because if you get too close, you might go in. So why don't we just kick everybody out of the Azar? Maybe they'll uh, they'll go up. Okay. In other words, if it was a dindirabanan, why would the dirabanan just say, you know, this small area between the ulam and the lamizbeach, he can't go in? Okay. It must be, says the Gemara. It must be that th- we're not dealing with gezeras here. This is a it's a beautiful ha'ara, beautiful, beautiful, um, uh, you know viewpoint that the Gemara is expressing to us, just such clarity that a decree, what is something Dirabana means it's a decree, a decree is when you you have a concern and you know kind of like what we've all just been through with COVID right, where there's a concern and then you, you take when there's a concern you kind of just extend it you add things to the test, you want to make sure there's no issue, right, so even things that are a little above and beyond you kind of just add it to the tab because it's a human, it's a human concept, and humans, uh, you know, we're not so great at at walking fine lines. But if something is daraisa and there's a real svara as to why you can't be in certain places, and that svara is different levels of kedusha, so then itaka makes sense to be so fine lined, meaning you can't be here, but you could be in the between umas you can't, you, you can't be, you, you could be at certain times, but other times you can't be, but you could be in other parts of the Azara. If that's me, Dairaisa, this all makes sense. And you say, okay, yeah, you, you make very fine lines, so the Torah does. But if this whole thing would be a rabbinic decree, the, the Rabbanan don't work like that. They don't be like, eh, the hair, and then, you, and, then, and then, you know, don't go that eight feet, and those 22 feet. The Rabbanan do it. They say, just stay away. That's how good the Rabbanan do You stay out of the whole Azara. Okay, so that's a that's a diuk that Rav Adabar Abba is making. He's saying you should know from the fact that we're creating so many areas, it must be that it's midiraisa different levels of kedusha because the Rabbanu wouldn't do that. So the Gemara says not necessarily. Since there's no noticeable hefsik, there's no noticeable separation. Low minkura milsa. Okay? So people aren't going to even notice where they are. And since they're not going to notice where they are, you got to make sure that nobody stands over there at all. But Azara, but the rest of the Azara, not between Ulam Vlamazbeach, Kibandika Mizbeach, Achitza, and the Mavsik, since there's a noticeable Machitza, there's, you know, that, that net, so to speak, that Mizbeach. People know it. You can't walk past it. So minkura milsa. So people will know, you know, you tell your kid, we're allowed to walk up until there. That's the line. Don't, don't, 
that's the end of the sidewalk, don't walk into the street. But if there wouldn't be any sidewalk, the kid doesn't know where to stop to, go, to, to not go into the street. So in other words, the rest of the Azara kind of has that end of the sidewalk, so the Mamele you're allowed to go there. But the other part, maybe it is Midrabah, the other part, the Rabban said, listen, we're not going to let you go there because there's no noticeable uh, demarcation. Okay. Amar Rava. Rava says, You can also learn that from here, that the level of Kedusha, between, of, of the Ulam and the Hechel, really, are the, really is the same level of Kedusha. Okay? Why? These talk about the Kedushas, they know, if you're going to say it's two different levels of Kedusha, Ulam Gufeg Zera, then we're going to say the Ulam's on a lower level than the Hechel, and the Ulam itself is going to be a Gzera, that you're not allowed to be there, between the Ulam Balam Mizbeach, the Nekum Benigzar Gzera Ligzera, are you going to go ahead and extend one Gzera and another Gzera? The Rabbana never do it. The Rabbana never make a decree protecting their, uh, protecting their decree. So the fact that we make a decree in the Ulam itself, it must be, that the uh, that we're only here to make one uh, one gezerah, and the whole thing is, uh, and we're not dealing with that area being considered midrabanan. On that, the Gemara answers last step of this topic. Lo ulam uh, lo. Uh, uh, that's an incorrect diuk. Rather, here's how it works. Ulam, the ulam itself, ubein ha ulam balamizbeach, and between the ulam and the mizbeach. That is kedusha. That is a chada kedushahi. Heichal ve'ulam shtei kedushes. Once you get to the heichal, that could already be a different level of kedusha. And since it's a whole different level of kedusha, you don't need a additional gezera to uh, to to stop people from going into that area. Fine. Period. Whew. Okay. Here we go. The rest of this almud is a lot more straightforward. That was a lot of back and forth, understanding, really also as well, we had to use, really to understand that past Ahmed and a half, we had to use our imagination, okay? <laughs> Between, you know, where's the Heichal, and then you, you go, there's steps leading out of the Heichal, then you have that area between the Ulam and the Bayach. Okay, we had to use our imagination. The rest of this Ahmed is going to flow quite simply. It's very straightforward. There's no imagination needed per se. It's a lot of just uh, practical applications. With that introduction, let's pause and remind ourselves. We learned in the Mishnah yesterday that there was a bunch of differences between the Avaidah of Yom Kippur and the Avaidah on a regular day. We learned there was a different amount of coals that the Kayan schlepped. There were different materials that the... the um, Shovels were made out of different lengths of handles. And we kept in mind that the overarching theme on Yom Kippur was to make the Avaidah easy. Because since this was a one-man show of the Kayan Gadol, we did not want him to get worn out. Okay? And therefore, we were a little surprised. Where some things were even more chashuv. And done in a more, uh, you know, in a more grandiose, what's the, however you pronounce that word, right? In a, in a much, you know, fancier manner than on a kipper. Ah, it's on kipper. We want to make it easier on the kind of okay? So, we, and we discussed a number of differences, and now the, from here on forth in the Gemara, the second half of Amr Beis is going to go through various 
um, uh, uh, various things that uh, give us sources for why we did what we did. So here we go. Bechol yom haisa haisa bishol chesef. Yeah, we all have the, we all have the place. Two dots. Mamish, right smack dab in the middle. On a regular day, the kain gadol would use a silver shovel. He would walk down, scoop up the coals, walk down and transfer the coals into a golden shovel. Says Gemara, my timer. Okay? What is the reason? Why do we say you scoop it up um, with silver and pour it into gold? My timer. Why not just use one golden shovel? Answer the Gemara, Hatayra Chasam Manusha Yisrael. Yeah, it is beautiful. There's going to be two shovels, but to be Yotze the Mitzvah, you didn't really need gold. And therefore, on a regular day, on a regular day, we made sure to use silver. Why? I, the base Mikdash was loaded. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if another Yid is loaded, if somebody else has a lot of money. It's Yid the Shigelt. You don't spend somebody else's money unnecessarily. And you don't spend your money unnecessarily either. But listen to this. But on Yom Kippur, we used more expensive shovels. So one second. Says the Mishnah, One second. My timer. I thought we, I thought we don't want to spend extra money. Says the Gemara, some things are worth spending money on. For example, Yishum Chosu the Kain Gadol. Gold weighs less than silver. And therefore, you're right. You got to be, you know, but some things you got to spend money on. We need the kind of doing the Avaida. So you got to make it easier for him. Or in our terms, unfortunately, uh, you know, unfortunately, as of this moment, Mashiach is not here. Um, in our terms, my mother would say that. Menachem, you don't have enough money to be cheap. Yeah? You, sometimes you go cheap and you just end up spending yourself over and over and over. You don't have enough money to be cheap. Yeah? So, you, you know what I mean? You got you to make sure that the job is done right. You can't, you, you can't afford to cut corners. And particularly with the Avaida of Yom Kippur, you gotta, we had to make sure that the Kaigada was available. Okay? Another difference. Bechol Yaim Bishel Arbaz Kavan. On a regular day, the Kain Gadol would take four cabin of coals on a three-cab shovel because we wanted it to be overflowing so that it looks like we're presenting it in front of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But on Yom Kippur, he took less. Tana, we learned. He comes down, he takes a cab of coals and he spreads it out into an area called an Amma. This amma was some sort of ditch, some sort of canal of water that went through the Beis HaMikdash, okay? That extra kav, because you remember, he, he, uh, he, he only emptied out three of it. So what did he do with the extra kav? He spread it out and went away. Tani kav. We taught him one brice that it was a kav. Tani idach kabayim. Another brice mentioned that there was two kabayim that were put down into the canal. kav Okay, if it was one kav, so it works out with the math that we said, right? That... He, he, uh, he picks up the coals with a four-cob shovel. He pours them into a three-cob. So you have an extra cob. Okay, we get where that is. Where, where, where do you have two extra cob? The Gemara says, uh, who is that? 
only held two kavin when he walked into the Kodesh. Okay? And therefore, listen to this. He had a two-kav shovel, but he overflowed it up to four. So now he's got two extra kav. Okay, that's one take. Ravashi Amr, Ravashi says, Apilu Tamer Biyasi, you can even say it's Biyasi. And this is what the Biyasi means to say. On a regular day, he would use a shovel that was a sa'a of the midbar, which a sa'a of the midbar is a larger than the standard sa'a. Okay? It was one quarter more. So that means that a general, if it was four saw of the midbar, that's going to be five. Uh, uh, yeah, the four saw, you have to add one kav. Um, and you pour them into a three kav spoon also that was in the base hamikdash. Hence, you have the two extra, um, you have the two extra kavan that needed to be scattered into the, you know, uh, onto the floor that went down into the canal. Okay. On every day, the shovel itself had more weight. On Yom Kippur, we used the lightest shovels. We learned, How could a shovel be lighter and, and uh, heavier? How much metal? Right? In other words, it held the same amount. The question is, how thin was the metal of the shovel? So on Yom Kippur, we made sure the metal was as thin as possible. Again, we didn't want the Kohen Gadol getting tired. Okay? Fighter in the Mishnah. On a regular day, watch this, this is very interesting. On a regular day, the Kaingodo would hold his shovel with a very short handle. It was a short, it was a, a short handle shovel, and he would scoop it up and hold it with his hand. Now keep in mind when you hold something with your hand, it gets heavy. Okay? But on Yom Kippur, he had a long handle. Says the Gemara, my timer. Answer the Gemara, Because when you hold it with your hand, your hand gets tired. If you have a long handle, you can keep it, keep it, use your body, right? Use your, the side of your body and your whole arm and your shoulder to hold it. So it was much easier to carry and it would be easier for the Kaingadol to schlep it on Yom Kippur. So Yom Kippur used a longer handle so that the, the handle would have more support and it would be easier to carry. Tana, we learned. On a regular day, there was no um, ring at the end of the handle. This is the words of the, uh, the son of the assistant, Kayin Gadol. So just an, an additional thing to keep in mind about what the shovel, um, what the shovel looked like. Okay, we had the ring at the end as well. All right, last piece of Gemara for today. Every day it was yellow gold, and on Yom Kippur it was red gold. Listen to this, very interesting. Omar of Chista says, let me teach you Yidin something about gold. There are seven types of gold, and these are their names. Now, we're not going to translate them, because the Gemara is about to explain that really these are not uh, the, these names are not really types of gold, but the way that these golds were, that the gold was referred to. Okay, 
So here we go. There is Zahav, Zahav Tov, Zahav Ophir, Zahav Mufaz, Zahav Shachut, Zahav Sagor, Uzahav Parvaya. Okay. You got that? Fine. Yes or no? Doesn't matter. We're about to repeat it. Says the Kumara. Okay. Zahav, regular gold. Vizahav, tov. And there's better gold. We know those for sure are categories. Tachsiv, uzahav ha'hitai. Yeah? That the gold of this land is God's fine. So that means there's different qualities of gold that we're aware of. Zahav ofir. What is zahav ofir? What type of gold is that? Says the Gemara. Oh, want to know what type of gold that is? Da'asime ofir. There's a city called ofir which had, its gold was especially beautiful. And that's how it got the name. Okay, so it's gold that comes from a place called Ophir. It's a different quality gold than Zohav and Zohav type. What is Zohav Mufaz? What does this mean? So we turn to the top of tomorrow's daf. Shedome Lepaz. Very, very interesting. Rashi says, Mazhiv Kimargolis. It's shown, it, it, it had a shine like a pearl. Very interesting. I guess the texture and the shine that came off the gold, that's where it's that. The, so, what's mufiz? It means it's like paz, like a pearl. Zohob shachut. Zohob shachut does not mean shechted gold, okay? What does it mean here? It says the Gemara, shenitve kechut. Yeah, it is such delicate gold that it could be woven kechut, like string, like thread, okay? So, that's shachut. Zohav Sagor. What does it mean, Zohav Sagor? Says the Gemara, Yeah, it's like the trash talker on the basketball court. I'm here, everybody can go home. Yeah? As soon as that gold came around, everybody else closed up shop. They were like, uh, ain't nobody coming for our gold. All right? That's what Zohav Sagor means. It closed down all other stores, not, not Walmart. Okay. Zahav Parvayim. And what is the last one of Zahav Parvayim? It means Shadaime Ledam Haparim. It is red like the blood of a par, the blood of a bull. Ravashi Omar, Hamishahim, there's five types of gold. There's five types, and Zav and Zav Toiv were each type, the, the, the other five listed, each one had two levels. They each had their standard level, plus even a more exceptional level. Tanami Yachli learned it by similarly. Bechol Yoim Hayazahava Yarak by Yom Adam on a regular day. We learned in our Mishnah the shovel was made out of yellow gold. The Yom Kippur was made out of red gold. Vahainu Zahav Parvayim. This is this last gold, either the seventh gold or the fifth gold, depending who you hold. Like Shadaim the Dama Parim, that is similar to the Dam that, that looks like the blood of a bull. We'll hold it here for this evening. We will pick up from here 7 o'clock tomorrow evening, hopefully in Yerushalayim Have a wonderful, wonderful night.